morning, church. It's good to see you guys this morning. If this is your first time here, you may not know this, but I got a haircut, okay? Um, I'll just simply say this. I didn't mean for it to look like this. This was a haircut gone bad, and this is me trying to fix it, okay? So um, I don't normally look like this, but I'm glad to be worshiping with you this morning. And, you know, this morning we're going to talk about this idea of Sabbath that may be a little bit new to you. I remember growing up, I've shared different stories if you've been around a lot of growing up and my parents were pastors, so my mom and dad were pastors and um, grew up around church a lot, and so I can remember growing up and my parents would buy me um, these Christian cassettes, it was a cassette tape. If you don't know what that is, just find someone a little bit older than you, they'll explain it to you, okay, but kind of like an iPhone, but totally different, okay, it played music, Um, it was kind of that device, and so we grew up listening to these Christian kids' songs that would talk to us about Bible stories, about principles from the Bible. And I remember one in particular was called Sir Oliver's Songs. I think we have an image up here. It was this singing owl who had invited kids from all around the world to sing about the Ten Commandments. And they would sing kind of from their culture, their background, their experience. They would put their kind of flair on one of the Ten Commandments. They would sing about that. And so We had kind of memorized the songs. We'd listen to them all the time when we were driving places in our car. And I remember the one that talked about the fourth commandment. Um, And the fourth commandment is simply this, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And so it it was these two kids who yodeled, okay? I don't know how they found kids that could yodel, but they did. And they were on this cassette tape, okay? And they were telling the story of a little boy named Johan. And Johan was a bad boy. Johan was a bad boy because he was lazy and he would never do his chores. And so in the course of this song, his mom is having to encourage him. You need to be a hard worker. You need to stop being lazy. And she tells him the fourth commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And Johan gets the idea and he starts to work hard and he starts to do his chores. And his mom is so happy with him. And she looks at him and she says, you've worked so hard. You've stopped being lazy. You get to take a holiday. You get a little bit of rest because you've worked so hard. And the song ends and everyone's happy. Johan's mom is happy. Johan's happy because he's following the fourth commandment. So I grew up thinking, well, that's what that commandment means, right? That you honor the Sabbath. If you work really hard, then God will give you a little bit of rest. Or maybe you've heard it like this. The Sabbath means don't do a lot of stuff on Sunday, okay? Kind of guard that day and make sure you go to church on Sunday, That's what God was talking about when he said, remember the Sabbath, that church has to be a priority in your life. All of those may be truths, but that is not at all what scripture is talking about when it talks about the Sabbath. And as an adult, as I've studied this more and more, I've come to understand that Sabbath isn't about guilt. It's a gift from God. Sabbath isn't about guilt. This isn't God trying to make you feel bad Are you doing enough stuff? Are you working hard? Are you a lazy person? This is a gift from God. And when we talk about Sabbath, we're talking about this idea of 24 hours of rest, this rhythm of rest in our week that we set aside and we receive this gift that God has given us in our life, this idea of Sabbath. So the Bible talks about this, the Ten Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there and We're going to look at a number of different scriptures, so you can write some of these down if you have the NCC app open. It's right there in the sermon notes. Exodus 20, chapter 20, verse 8 says this. 
Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your sons, your daughters, your male or female servants, animals, foreigners residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and he made it holy. So this is the longest of the Ten Commandments. I want you to think about this. When God is telling his people, and in essence, he's telling them here, they've come out of slavery in Egypt. He's saying, you've been disconnected from me, and you've really been disconnected from each other, so let me help you in how you should live. The Ten Commandments aren't just a good moral law. They're not, you're bad people, try to be a little bit better, like you're really not that great, but try to be good, and let me give you some rules about how to do that. God is saying, I want to be in relationship with you, and I want you, I've created you not to live alone. You should be in relationship with others. So let me talk about this life that I've meant for you to live, not what it looks like to be slaves, but what it looks like to live differently the way that I've designed you to live. And so God talks about this. Your life is more than the work that you do. There should be this rhythm in your life of Sabbath is what God is talking about about here. He's encouraging his people in this. And so when we talk about Sabbath, we talk about four things that Christians have focused in on. Once again, this is not about guilt. So don't think, oh no, I've got to do a little bit more work. No, this is a gift from God. And so when we talk about Sabbath, we talk about four things. We talk about stop working, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. And in case you're writing that down, let me say those again. It is stop working, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. Now, in the past, we've taken Sundays and we've talked about Sabbath, and I've gone into each of these in a little bit of depth, but I'm not going to do that this morning. I'm just going to highlight two of them. And so in case you're panicking, thinking, I don't know what to do with the other two, it's okay. We have talked about this before, so if you'd like to this week, you can go to newcommunity.co slash Sabbath, um, just newcommunity.co slash Sabbath. And there's some of those teachings where we go a little bit more in depth into all four of these. Um, but let me, yeah, let me just look at two of them this morning, kind of what we're talking about here. Once again, Sabbath isn't about guilt. It is a gift from God. Sabbath is a gift from God so we can rest. So the first one is pretty self-explanatory. We stop working. That means you stop doing all kinds of work. Not just what you get paid to do at your job, but these are chores at home, running errands, getting groceries, laundry, all of those things. We get to stop working on Sabbath. That's part of that. And it's this gift from God so we can enjoy rest. And we see this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. If you still have your Bibles open, you can turn there. So we've been told in Genesis chapter 1 how everything got made, this beautiful poem of how everything was made. And God, for the first week, he is separating light from darkness, and he's putting stars in the sky and asteroids and the sun and the moon and all of this stuff. And then he gets to earth, and he creates the seas and lakes and rivers and mountains and valleys and all of this stuff, and trees and vegetations, and then fish in the sea and birds in the air and mammals that walk the earth. And then he does this amazing thing of creating man and woman. He kneels down into the dust of the ground and he forms Adam and he forms Eve out of Adam and he breathes into them the breath of life. 
And then Genesis 2, 3 says this, Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating all that he had done. Now, if you're picturing God up in heaven, sweating and wiping off his holy brow, right, his forehead, and being like, man, that was a lot of work, and I've used up all my God powers, and I'm really tired now on the seventh day, and I just need a break, that is not what's going on here at all. Okay, God doesn't get tired like that, like we do as humans. What God is doing is he's saying, Adam and Eve, I've given you work to do, but your life is more than the work that you're going to do. So as God, I'm going to set the example for you. I'm going to show you that life is more than just what you produce or what you create or what you do. So let me, as God, show you the example of how I've called you to live in this world that I've created for you. And on the seventh day, God rested to show us that there should be this rhythm inside of our life of how we live our lives. Now, to some of us, that's a foreign concept. Like this idea of rest, we don't really understand that. And here's why. Because our days look something like this. We hear the alarm go off, right? And it went off so much earlier than we thought it should have gone off, right? And that tells us we got to get up and maybe work out, do exercise, like get going. We're grabbing coffee because we did not get enough sleep that we needed to, right? And we're out the door, or maybe it's getting the kids breakfast and getting them out the door, and then we're rushing, and then we're headed into work, and we have more tasks than we know what to do with, and they're never fully going to get accomplished, right? So we're go, 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 one meeting to the next meeting or whatever's on the schedule, and then we push that as far as we can until we absolutely have to leave. And then it's get home. If we have kids, get them from school, get them to soccer practice, basketball practice, dance recital, whatever that is, or whatever it is that we have to do. We pack our evenings full. And then, man, I hope I remembered to get enough groceries so I can put something on the table and there's enough food in the house. And so we make food and we do all of this until we're utterly exhausted and we just collapse on the couch. And we watch Netflix for a few moments until our eyes get too heavy. And then we drag ourselves in bed just to do it all over again. See, for some of us, the only image of rest we have is this right here, okay? This is the fluffy pillow for my bed, you guys. It is really soft, okay? And this is our image of rest. And God, when he talks about Sabbath rest, he's not talking about sleep. This is not what he's talking about, but this is all some of us can imagine is we have to take supplements, right, because we can barely sleep because we're going, going, going. And this is what we think about, God, if I work hard enough, maybe I'll be so exhausted I can actually get to sleep. And God is saying, this is not what I want you to picture. This is not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about enjoying rest. What God is talking about is you're going too fast. You need to have this rhythm in your week of 24 hours where you stop working, where I stop working, and where we actually enjoy just slowing down. I know, foreign concept for many of us in this room. But where we don't fill up that day with to-dos, and these are things I have to get done, or I've got to go here, or I've got to go there, I've got to make sure this happens. God says, no, I've set the example for you. I want you to rest. 
And many of us, we think, well, this has gotten easier, right? Because we have technology. We have all of these things. Like, I have a smartwatch that tells me you have a meeting across town, so this is what traffic is like, and you've got to leave this early to get there, so things should be easier. I have a computer that tells me all of my tasks and projects that I have, so it alerts my phone and it alerts my watch. This is everything you have to get done today. And technology has not made our lives easier and has not made rest more success or accessible. And I remember reading the journal. It was in this book of a monk whenever the sundial started to invade the European culture. And this is what he wrote. I am frustrated by this new technology that breaks my days into segments and tells me what I have to do at what exact moment throughout the day. Technology has always been an issue, and it has never made life easier. And God said, wait, you need a moment in your week where you stop working and you enjoy rest. Not just sleep, but you're able to slow down. You're able to pause and just enjoy what I've placed in front of you. And so what this means is you can put your feet up on the couch and not feel guilty. You can go sit beside the pool and not feel bad about not producing or not doing. For me, rest looks like this, okay? Reading a book. I read a lot of books throughout the week on scripture and Bible commentaries and leadership and and how to direct people, how to grow people, how to disciple people. So on my Sabbath, I don't read any of those books. I read books like this. Don't be scared. It's not a scary book, okay? I know it says play dead, but just calm down, okay? I just read fiction books. Like I was having breakfast with Joseph, one of our spiritual directors, and we were talking about that. Books that we just enjoy, like mystery books or crime books or things like that. Like right now I'm reading through a series with my daughter Sophie about these kids. It's kids' books, and it's about kids who are trying to stop this bad person in the world. And she's a whole book ahead of me, and she keeps yelling at me, Dad, you got to catch up, you got to catch up. That means I'm not resting enough, right, because I'm a whole book behind, and I'm not taking that time. Like we need those moments where it's just enjoyable. It may not be reading a book for you. But what is it where you slow down, where you take 24 hours and you don't produce, but you say, God, I'm going to enjoy just being able to rest in the world that you have given us. That's what that looks like. Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14 talk about this. He's talking about what happens when we break the Sabbath. But look at the way he ends this section of Scripture. In verse 14, he ends with this. If you will do this, then you will find your joy in the Lord. That once again, this isn't about God making you feel guilty. Like, you better do this or I'm going to be really mad at you. Like, you better do this or I'm going to be frustrated with you. No, this is God saying this is a gift. I want you to find joy in your life. I want you to be able to enjoy rest and have that rhythm inside of your life. That's God's desire for us. See, Sabbath isn't about guilt. It's a gift from God. And so with Sabbath, we practice delight. What that means is that we don't create or produce according to deadlines or timelines, but we find things that refuel us and energize us. It may be painting a picture. It may be coloring something. Um, It may be a leisurely activity. It may be hiking through the woods. It may be doing a lot of things, but it's those moments where you stop working, where you enjoy rest, where you practice delight, the things that God has given you. Maybe it's enjoying an amazing meal. Sabbath is a gift from God, so we contemplate God. 
Sabbath is a gift, so we contemplate God. That's part of Sabbath. You know, as a family, we've been doing this for a number of years now. Like, we've been trying to to create this habit in our life. And so we do Saturdays. Like, that's just a day that works a little bit better for our family. We try to guard that day. And so Friday evening, we tell the kids, like, hey, we got to do a few extra chores. Like, we got to make sure things are good. So Saturday, you know, we're able to rest. We're able to stop working. We're able to do that. And what began to happen, and I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone, but what began to happen in our household is we'd get a little bit on Friday evening, like we'd try to get a jump on Sabbath. And we wouldn't do the chores, and so I'd wake up on Saturday morning, and and the chores weren't done. And then when i talked to my kids, they'd be like, Dad, you can't tell me to do that. It's Sabbath. Like, I don't have to think about that today because it's Sabbath now, right? Like, I didn't do it on Friday, but it's okay because now it's Saturday. And so I had to stop and say, wait, this is more than just a day where we don't work. This is a gift from God, so we contemplate God. This isn't just a day where we get to say, hey, I don't have to do a lot of stuff, like, hey, I got a a day free where I don't have to think about it. No, this is a day where we get to contemplate God, where we've created a little bit more space in our life to reflect on who God is. Psalms chapter 46 verse 10 talks about this. And this is what it says. God says, be still and know that I am God. Let me read that again. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And this is a great practice on Sabbath. To slow down and to say, God, this isn't just a day where I don't do a lot of work, where I don't have to work or get things done. God, this is a day, a gift from you, where you remind me about reconnecting with you, about who you are. Now, we should do this every day of the week, but sometimes we need that good kind of kick in the pants, right, to say, hey, you're forgetting this, and Sabbath is a great day to do that, to say, be still and know that I am God. Now, this isn't just like, okay, I know you're up there in heaven. This is the knowing that's kind of deep inside of us, that's reflecting on, wait, what does that mean that you're God? What does that mean of who you are? What does that mean in relationship of who I am to who you are? And in what you're doing in my life, know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. It's Sabbath is that reminder, oh yeah, God, you're bigger than that project at work. You're bigger than that next thing I have to get done. Students, I know you don't want to think about that. You're bigger than that history assignment, that math assignment. You're bigger than those things. Whatever seems kind of daunting in my life, whatever seems massive in my life, Sabbath is that reminder, God, you're bigger than that. I get to be still and know that you're God. You're above all of those things. Whatever it is that's worrying me, whatever it is that's troubling me, Sabbath is a gift from God. I'm bigger than those. I'll take care of those for you. I've got that. Even when you stop working, God is in control. God, you've got that. The world doesn't revolve around me and it's not requiring my effort. Lord, you're bigger than all of those things. That's the gift of Sabbath. God is saying, I want you to reconnect with me. 
Sometimes you and I get distant throughout the week, and Sabbath is that gift from God. Not so that we feel guilty, like, man, I have to do this. No, it's a gift from God. Hey, let's sit down together. Be still and know that I am God. There are a lot of ways that you and I can do this, but this is just something that I found helpful on Sabbath. I'll get up a little bit earlier in the morning, and I'll try to find a place that's quiet in my house, which you guys know we have a lot of kids, so that's difficult, it seems like, at every part of the day. But I'll just find a place that's a little bit quieter in my house, and I'll just start by taking some deep breaths. Just breathing in and breathing out. Just do that with me. Take a deep breath in. Breathe out. There's nothing magical or spiritual about that. It just helps me to slow down a little bit because my mind is almost constantly going and moving. And then I'll take a few moments. And before I turn on worship music, before I give God my prayer request, God, this is everything that I need you to do, before I even start to talk to God, I'll just take a few moments and be still and know that he is God. Where I'll sit down and I'll just reflect on who God is. Now, I just want to be honest with you. There's nothing magical about being a pastor. In those moments, my mind is thinking about what I didn't do or what I should be doing or things that I have. And so I have to refocus. And for me, I just say the name of God. And it brings my mind back to who he is, God. For these next moments, I'm reflecting on you. And so we're going to do that. This is going to be awkward for some of you. That's okay. We're going to get as quiet as we can in this room. And we're going to take 30 seconds and we're going to reflect on God. And when your mind goes to lunch or a game or work or whatever, just maybe in your hearts, just say the name of God, refocus in on Jesus, and let's take a moment and be still and know that he is God. And so I'm going to set a timer here, and we're going to do that together. Okay, that's 30 seconds. And I know for some of you that seemed like an eternity. You're like, what? Because we're not a lot of times in the habit of doing that. So maybe you can't do 30 seconds, but maybe you could start with 15 of being still. And you may have to direct your thoughts back to God. God, help me to know that you are God. See, Sabbath is a gift of reconnecting with God, of contemplating who God is and what that means inside of our life. And so these are practices that we have as God has given us this gift. And so I want to just share another thought with you because this is a gift from God. And, and I know you may be from other church backgrounds and you may say, I've never really heard anyone talk about this. This is what God spends a lot of time talking to us about and talking to his people about. In case you think, well, did Jesus get rid of that in the New Testament? Didn't he say like, they were messing this up. Yeah, he was saying you've made it about list, a list of rules, and that's never what God wanted. This isn't about you feeling guilty 
This is about saying, God, this is a gift in my life. And so there are effects when we neglect or when we practice Sabbath. There are effects in our life if we're neglecting or practicing Sabbath. And God's pretty passionate about this. And he talks about this in Exodus chapter 13, verse 31. This is what he says. So remember the Ten Commandments in chapter 20. He talks about it. He keeps coming back to this over and over again. In Exodus 31, a few chapters later, he says this. Say to the Israelites, you must observe the Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. I am the Lord who makes you holy. See, for God, he's telling us, hey, this is a reminder. Sabbath is a great reminder. When you neglect this, there is this dangerous thing that you will lose your identity and that I will lose my identity. When we practice Sabbath, there's this powerful thing that we can remember our identity. Now, you need to remember when God's talking to his people here, I think a lot of us may be able to relate to that. He's brought them out of 400 years of slavery. Their whole identity and their worth is wrapped up in what can you produce. You can build bricks for Egypt. You can build cities for Pharaoh. You're valuable. You're worth something as a slave. 400 years had messed them up as a people. They had gotten wrong mindsets that my life is about what I can produce. My identity is who I am and and what I can create and what I can produce. That's where my worth is comes from. And God said, no, that's the wrong mindset. I heard a writer, a Christian writer, say it like this. He said, God did some amazing things to get his people out of Egypt, but it was a process to get Egypt out of his people. And he's saying, you've got some wrong mindsets. I think he may echo that today. Where is your identity? Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm a lawyer. I'm a business owner. I'm a manager. That's what I do. That's where a lot of times we first go with our identity. And God is saying, no, this this is a Sabbath is a reminder. It's a covenant. You're my people. I am your Lord. That's who I am. I'm your God. This is about relationship with each. Your identity is found in me. This is going to be a sign for future generations. When you stop working, when you enjoy rest, you practice the light, you contemplate me, other people are going to see that and they're going to be like, hey, their identity is different. They're about God. They're worshiping God. They're different than the other people around you. He says, I want your identity to be found in me. So you know what I have to do? There are some mornings I wake up on Sabbath, and you may think this is silly, but just giving you some of what I do is I sit in a chair, and I just say, okay, God, for these moments, I take off my pastor hat. Everything I have to do to lead people spiritually and move the church forward and everything, like I just set that aside for a moment. I take off the hat of even being like a good friend for the next few moments. I take off the hat of being a dad. And I have eight kids, so that's a lot of hats right there, you guys. Of even being a good husband. And for these next few moments, God, I remind myself that my first identity is that I'm your son. Church, you're his daughter. He looks at you, and he's proud of you. And he loves you. 
before you're the leader in band or choir, before you're the best football player or soccer player, before you're the leader of that organization, before you wear whatever title you wear, God says your identity is in me, church. I'm the one you look to. Sabbath is that reminder, stop. It's not about what you produce, but take a moment throughout your week and remind yourself, God, first and foremost, I am yours. And everything else that I wear, husband, father, friend, pastor, leader, all of those other things had better flow out of that one relationship and that one identity. If not, I'm gonna mess some stuff up. God says, I've given you Sabbath, not to make you feel guilty, But because I want to remind you, you're mine. This is about relationship. I love you. I'm your God. And I've spoken some amazing things over your life. He goes on in chapter 31 and verse 14. And once again, he's serious about this. He says, observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it will be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. God says there are effects of neglecting or practicing Sabbath. And here are some of the effects. If you violate this, if you reject this gift that God has given you, you may find yourself cut off from the people around you. What do I mean by that? If I work so much and if my life is so wrapped up in work, God, I barely have any time to give you on Sunday because I'm so busy my mind is somewhere else. Yeah, I'm sitting in this seat. Yeah, I'm in my home watching online. But really, I'm somewhere else in this relationship. It's secondary because my job, my work, my future, my career, my position, God, that's primary in my life. He said, you're going to cut yourself off from my relationship. You're going to cut yourself off from the people around you. Young adult, as you're pursuing that career and trying to get ahead, Do not neglect the friendships and the relationships God has given you. Students, I know you want that scholarship so that you go to the right college, the right school. Do not neglect the relationships that God has given you. Adults, don't become so wrapped up in your work that you're missing the relationships of family that God has placed around you. He's saying if everything in your life is about what you produce, you'll find yourself one day totally isolated, totally alone by yourself. And he's saying Sabbath is a gift. It's a reminder to slow down, to enjoy the people that I've placed around your life, to connect in a relationship with me once again. I'm a God who wants to be close to you. If you walk away this morning thinking, this is just another thing that I have to do as a Christian, you have missed it. This is not about God trying to make you feel guilty. He's saying, people, I want to be close to you. And I want to create some space in your life where you can make sure every week that you're reconnecting with me, that that you know that I'm bigger than the things that you're facing, and where you can actually enjoy what it is that I have given you. This isn't about making you feel guilty. This is about God saying, I have a gift for you. I have a better way for you to live than maybe the way that you've been living. And I want to take a moment, and I just want to pray for you. If you would maybe bow your head and close your eyes, you may be alone in your kitchen or in your living room, or maybe you're watching this this week, driving in your car, but if you could take a second and just reflect on what God's been speaking to us. I believe that there may be people in this room or watching online 
and you are disconnected from God. You call it busyness, and God calls it rebellion. Those things that creep into our life and that we allow to come in that disconnect us from God and other people. And it may be sin, your decision, my decision to say, God, I'm going to do this my own way. I'm going to do this the way that I want to, God. And maybe someday I'll get around to connecting with you. And God's saying, no, I want a relationship with you. I've even built this rhythm into your week where you would slow down. You would reconnect. You would enjoy what it is that I've given you. And maybe you've never seen God like that as a God who desperately wants a relationship with you. He's serious about it. He wants to be close to you. And he's so serious, he was willing to come himself and give his life to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin so that we could be reconnected back with God, so that we could receive those gifts in our life. And if you're here this morning and that's you, you're saying, Aaron, I'm disconnected from God. I've tried to do this my own way. And yeah, I've messed it up in some ways. But man, I think I want a relationship with the God you're talking about with a God who loves me, with a God who wants to be close to me. I want to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to ask all of us to pray this out loud, whether this is the first time you've said this, whether you've prayed this before. It doesn't matter if you're by yourself right now in this moment. I want you to say this out loud with us because we don't want anyone praying alone. Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I realize I've sinned. I've disconnected from you, but I want a relationship with you. So I invite you in. Be the Savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a brand new start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Now, church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate for anyone that may have prayed that prayer? The Bible says that heaven is rejoicing if you pray that and God is working on the inside of you to connect you and to grow you and develop you. Now, all of us, we're going to respond in just a couple more ways this morning that I want to give to you. This is something we do every year. The first Sunday of July, we call this Sabbath Sunday. And so next Sunday, as you wake up in the morning, you're not going to get ready for church. We're not going to gather together here in person and we're not going to gather together online next Sunday, we're going to practice Sabbath together. Now, in case in your mind you're like, wait, Aaron, don't we normally come together on Sundays? Yes, we do. But here's why we take the first Sunday of July and we do things a little bit differently. Many times, for some of us that have heard this before, we need a recalibration. Aaron, I heard you preach about this last year. Yep, but a whole year has gone by and we need some reminders. So we need a reset. For others of you, you're like, I've never done this in my life. And so we need to start something new. And many times when we're starting something new or we're resetting something, shifting things up in our life is a good thing. So I want you to hear me. I am not saying, oh, Sunday's your Sabbath. Never come to church. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that sometimes it's good to shift things around a little bit so that we can start this practice together. And so next Sunday is not your chance to go visit your friend's church. Okay? That's not what we're talking about. It's not your opportunity to say, good, because I've had a lot of things I'm behind from work, so I can get an even earlier start on my chores. Nope, that's not what we're talking about, okay? 
we are talking about as an entire church. You're not going to do this alone. We're doing this together. We're going to wake up. We're going to stop working. We're going to find some time that day to enjoy rest. We're going to practice delight. I give you permission to eat the most delicious food you have eaten, okay? Yes. To do something that just puts a smile and brings joy to your heart that God has given you. And to find some time that day to contemplate God. To be still for a moment. To connect with Him on a deeper level. That we would have that opportunity. And so we're going to do that. And then the following Sunday, as we practice Sabbath together, we're going to join back together both in person and online. But we're going to begin to create this rhythm in our life. And incorporate that into the routines of our life. So let me take another moment and just pray for us. And there may be one of those things that you're saying, God, I need a little bit more help with. Like I kind of got to stop working, but enjoying rest, I'm not really good at that. Or maybe I need that deeper connection with you to contemplate you. Just take a moment and ask him to help you with it. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this gift. God, we don't leave here today feeling guilty like, well, God, this is just something else we have to do. Lord, this is a gift. And God, we want to receive that in our life, Lord, something you're very passionate about. And so I pray that you would help us as a church, God, each and every one of us to receive this, whatever this looks like in our life, God, to be able to practice Sabbath and create this rhythm in our life, God, to reconnect with you and to even connect with others around us. God, this is truly something you've given, with, given us, Lord. And if there's one of these things that is difficult for us, Holy Spirit, we ask for your help. Lead us and guide us and direct us as we begin maybe this new practice in our life or as we reconnect with this practice in our life. God, we want to draw closer to you because you are a God that loves us and wants to be near to us. So I pray, let us be those kinds of people. Lord, in your name we pray this. Amen.